Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello everyone, welcome to Red Men Weekly, the show where we bring you the best clips from some of our amazing Red Men Plus podcast hope you're all doing well if you are then i might be bringing you down a little bit so i do apologize but yeah we do have to go back and talk about the wolves draw one more time listen at least the reds didn't lose that one yet so on this week's final word show chris steve plunk and ian young had a good old chat about what went wrong in liverpool's 2-2 draw with wolves so there you go enough beating around the bush we're about probably half an hour into the show now uh, we're going to talk about and we're going to air it, air it all out I think for, from this point onwards and Ian I'll stick with you on this one mate what the fuck is wrong with us I don't know I, it, there's so many different problems across the pitch you've got some players who aren't trying hard enough you've got some players who aren't who are trying too hard we just look like 11 individuals right now there's 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 no there's no group there's there's no teamwork there. The individual errors are giving us away. Team errors are giving us away. They're giving goals away, and it's frustrating. It is so frustrating. I think if it was one problem, the frustration we're all feeling right now, we we wouldn't feel it. The problem is now it's become like a blame game, mm. like. Brentford, we lost against Brentford, it was Klopp's fault. Then the next day it was Elliot's fault, and the day after that it was Pep Linder's fault. The reason we're looking to blame is because we don't know. Liverpool fans like to think they can sort problems out themselves. They like to look in and say, that's the problem, we can sort that out. Right now as a fan base, we can't do that. Apart from saying it's the midfield every week, which we know we've got issues in the midfield, we still cannot put our one finger on what the problem is. Because there's people saying it's FSDs, people saying it's the midfielders, people saying it's the age of players. There's no quick fix. And I think we're just going to have to get used to this is a transitional period for us now. We're not going to suddenly start winning 20 games in a row. That's not going to happen. If, you're, if you think that's going to happen, I'm one of the most positive fans out there. I'm always for being that positive. This is going to be a grind now, getting through to the end of the season. It's going to be a grind. If you think we're going to go on a 20-game winning run now, I think you're a little bit deluded and get ready for the graft. There's no evidence of it. There's no evidence of it Yeah, get ready for the graft. Yeah, we're back in the pack, aren't we? Um, You know, I I don't know whether we're back in the pack or we're mezzanine level when there's a top tier above us. Like, we've got the players to be able to win any game of football. Mm. But we've not got anywhere near the consistency to be able to do that week in, week out. And Steve, we were talking off camera before, and I think a lot of it is down to the tactics and the system that Klopp is playing. Because 
And I'll give you an example of this. Um, when Ronaldo was at Manchester United last season, or this season, when United was at Manchester United this season, a lot of people were, were pointing the finger saying, you know, he doesn't press, he doesn't do this, he doesn't do that. That doesn't help a, a system, a pressing system side that Ten Hag wants to introduce into the into the into into Manchester United. I get that. One player can completely ruin a press. It really can, and especially if it's your forward. But when there's I and I as I see it, when there's three players in the middle of the park who can't do play the system that you want, that makes everything so much more difficult. Because if you haven't got legs in the middle of the park, you can't press high up the field. You can't play a high line because the strikers, the strikers. I think there's a there's a sort of thing, stay where over the last few years, and we've got used to gag and pressing at, at Liverpool Football Club. We win the ball high up the pitch. Now, to the untrained eye or ear, that would then make them think the strikers win the ball. It's not always the strikers that win the ball. It's the midfielders in the second phase of the press where the ball bobbles free and then you get it to the strikers very, very quickly. They, the strikers have to get out to them. They cause a mistake. The midfielders get out, they win the ball. Or it ends up with your defence because they just hoof the ball to you and you win the ball. Liverpool aren't getting any pressure from the middle of the park. So the strikers can still get there, but they're not getting close enough, I don't think, at the moment anyway. But they also understand what's behind them. The midfielders aren't getting anywhere near them. We've become predictable in our build-up play. We've become predictable in our press, and we've been really unpredictable in our defensive work. Like they're, they're, that, that's three things that you can't be. You can't be predictable in those two and unpredictable in how you defend it. It's going to fuck you up. But the midfield, I think, is the crux of the issue right now, Steve, because you can't have Klopp's system without midfielder, without midfielders that haven't got legs. You're quite right. If you sit in an elevated position <coughs> and watch the title win inside, uh, deliver the press it's staggering to watch it, it's a it's a, a team movement as opposed to an individual movement and you're right so we'll, 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 we'll summarise it very quickly the front three close it down the defender's got a decision to make he's got an awkward ball to play into somebody he's got to get rid of it because he's been under pressure so he fires it into the midfield by the time he's fired it into the midfield, his options have been closed down by Henderson, Fabinho and Wijnaldum at the time. They, su they suffocate the guy getting the ball, they take the ball off him and suddenly we're on the attack. Manchester City have felt this so many times in, in, in their half. At the moment, um, we might go and try and apply some pressure. But the personnel in the midfield, and you're quite right, that midfield three we had, Wijnaldum, Fabinho and Henderson was flat. It was a flat three. So it moved as a flat three. Elliot's starting position is 10 yards further advanced than, say, Fabinho, so there's a space in front of the right-back that he leaves. Thiago is... is um, he wins his battles, his 50-50 battles, one-on-one. -on -one. He's won some good challenges. He's reasonably good in the air for a man of his size. But he's not a player that... He's, he didn't bring him into the side for his pressing ability. We brought him into the side for his ability to control football matches. Yeah. We're not getting the best out of Thiago with our current tactics. You're quite right. The midfield press is non-existent. Give you a really good example of where it, fell, where it goes wrong. Leicester, Dewsbury Hall. <laughs> Wins the ball. There's a, there's a single press by Henderson that doesn't work. You, you die if you single yeah. press. He's then got to try and put in a challenge, which doesn't work. He then gets to run at the right side of our back four. Matip comes out to engage him. <coughs> far too far up the pitch. Creating a massive void between him and... Van Dijk in terms of the space. He gets around the press, the, the pressure from Matip, and he's got a shot at goal, which he scores. West Ham away. Jared Bowen carries the ball on the other side for 40 yards. 
no tactical foul, plays the ball through, four nows is clean through and he scores. That you, Sometimes you don't know what you've got till it's gone. Our fan base hounded Genie Wijnaldum. We are crying out for a Genie Wijnaldum right now. That The difference between that so-called Brexit midfield, which is a terrible tag, but it's what our fans used to use, and where we are right now, we cannot press at the moment. We, what we're forced to do right now to try and solve this, and, and it isn't working because the last thing that Klopp and Linders are going to give away is the high back line because mm. they love it. But the reality is, as you said at the start of this section, you can't play a high back line when you can't press. So we need to drop off and we need to become a more of a counter-attacking side, which goes against everything we've been doing for the last five or six years. And yet with Nunes, it might actually help us. Yeah. We've got someone who... we. We're bypassing our midfield at the moment because we, I think we're terrified of it. Yeah. So we're looking at Nunes to isolate a central defender or a full-back one-on-one, get a ball into him which he can use because he's faster with the ball than most players are without. So we've become a little bit one-dimensional in that regard. We're trying the same with Mo Salah and Mo Salah hasn't the physicality of Nunes. So you put Mo Salah up, Mo Salah up against Luke Shaw who's quite quick and quite physical. Mm-hmm. Luke Shaw plays well against Mo Salah because he thinks he's got his number physically. That wouldn't be the same against Darwin Nunes. He will take any centre defender, any full-back on in the league, knowing he will beat him. We are actually bypassing our midfield yeah. when we're building play. And that's it. I mean, we, we build up quite slowly, but then we, we can't, our midfielders can't get back. So, like, when we lose the ball high up the field, we're just, we're so easy to count. And that's why we're doing the moments, it. Yeah. And, and, and another big thing as well is Fabinho. Because Fabinho, if Genie, if Genie wasn't on it, Fabinho had this ability to cover that back, that whole pitch, that whole part of the pitch, and he just has not the ability to do it anymore. I don't know whether he's aging faster than most twenty-nine-year-olds, but there's something not fun. There's something fundamentally wrong with Fabinho this season. And I'd say probably coming up to the end of last season as well, something doesn't seem right. If I, I think to... look, I think it's very easy to judge Fabinho. To be honest with you. Um, on what we might think he's doing, but when the other two midfielders don't have the That's legs right. yeah, to be able yeah. to do it alongside, yeah, you are the last line of the midfield and you're the quote-unquote defensive midfielder. So it's easy to lump all the problems onto Fabinho, but actually it's the three of them that are supposed I, to be I doing the work. I have with Fabinho. Yeah, same what you just said. Sorry, mate. Uh, six is good when the eights work well either side and the eights are, are, are dreadful at the moment. So, so... Seven minutes into a game, Thiago's not home. Fabinho's got to shoot across to the left-hand side to try and snuff out the danger. That happens. The ball's wet to Robbo. We try an expansive ball forward to get Nunes one-on-one. It breaks down. We're giving the ball away so much at the moment. Then 30 seconds later, they're coming down the right-hand side. He's got to go and fill the massive chasm on the right-hand side. So whilst Fabinho is not the Fabinho of, of, of the side that won the league, I wouldn't want to be playing in this position at the moment because no. he's getting no help. And yeah. he's made because of because of the way it's going in the midfield as well. He was he's always been a physical player, but he was an intelligent player as well. I think he's making decisions he would not have made eighteen months ago. He's come, he's jumping in. He's being forced into the Yeah, yeah. And, and and that that I, like I said, I, I was going to criticise him, but when you look at it that way, <coughs> he's having to make decisions that he wouldn't have made before. Right, that's the last we'll ever have to hear of that game ever again. Hopefully it brought you a little bit of therapy, if nothing else. Moving on then to this week's transfer show. Dan Club was in the host chair for that one, joined by Sam Walker and by Saj Iqbal. Yeah, there's loads and loads and loads of players being linked with Liverpool. Check out what the guys had to say on this week's transfer show. 
Nunes deal, we know what's sort of go- I think we all know what's more or less gonna happen with that hope. I think it's gonna be a summer sort of signing. Mm. And if we're going in for the sort of Bellingham, let's say in, in the summer, that's like hundred and twenty million pound on there. Do I really see a big money money um money transfer this this window? Probably not just because of that reason. Mm. Do we need one? Probably because I just think if we don't get the top if we don't get top four, there is a massive, massive cry for is Bellingham gonna join us in the summer? And sometimes you've gotta I feel as though you've gotta be active. And, can, can, and I, can I throw a question yeah, in there? Sean Klopp said the other day, and I've always agreed with this, if Bellingham is due to sign for us, which a lot of us believe he is, mm-hmm. and he turns away because we finished fifth, is Bellingham the right type of player you want to join our club anyway? Look, personally, I think not a player like Bellingham, he's not. He's so good, he can turn us down. Well, no, he can, of course, but what I'm saying to you is, is that... Is he the right man for the club anyway? If, if you walk away because someone finishes fifth, like Gabriel Jesus joined Arsenal, who's a top player, by the way. Yeah, he is. More proven than Bellingham is. Yeah. And they were in the Europa League, and look at them now. Yeah. Like, the mentality of, what was it Klopp said? I want to push the bus. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah. their mentality. About the Gakpo, that was, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah. sorry, was it, was it, was it Gakpo? Yeah, he, yeah. Was, he doesn't want to get on the bus. He wants yeah. to What's the help us yeah. get no, there? Yeah. So, so the, the whole Champions League thing, for me, it, uh, as a fan, I don't People probably shout at me down the, through the camera now, but if that if, if Bellingham turns around and says I've only signed for Liverpool to get the Champions League, see you later, mate. I don't need to sign for us anyway because I think there's a much bigger picture to join the football club than one season, one. You know what I mean? Yeah, and there are caveats to that. I mean, it's very easy to throw away line to say, oh, we need Champions League football, otherwise we don't get Bellingham. Nobody truly knows that, yeah, of true, course. True. But he is also very young, so he does have time on his side in terms of he's got a lot of Champions League football to play. And to Sam's point. We often sign players who are hungry, like Diogo Jota is a good example of this actually, to be better and to play at that standard and to be the reason why Liverpool then get back to their former glories. And Bellingham could well, he could well be sitting there going, do you know what, yes, I'd like to be in the Champions League. But at the same time, if this great football club misses out, I'll go there and I'll be the one to make sure next year they're in it and so on and so on. So there are arguments that I do get it. I'm not entirely sure where I sit on it, to be honest with you. Like, if he turned around and said, listen, I can't come because you're not in Champions League, I agree with you, Sam. I wouldn't like it. And I'd say, all right, then, you know, fair enough. See you later. Have a good career sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, but at yeah. the same time, I would get that. Like, I get where he is in yeah. terms of aspirations and stuff. So, it's a really hard one. It is a hard one. And to be fair, it's a fair question from Sam, what he said. And look, I, for a player like Bellingham, you can't blame him in a no. sense as well. Wait, he's, he's playing for Dortmund now, though. It's not like he's playing for Barcelona. But he will be. He could be at Barcelona. He could have Real Madrid, um, let's say, in the summer, if they come in for him and like the, the noises that they are in for him. Mm. So it's just one of them. But I get it. I, I look, end of the day, we are a club that, you know, Klopp, the players that he genuinely does bring in, there are players that, you know, they're driven players yeah. and they want to be able to take the Liverpool to the next sort of level. So... Fair play, look, if, if he does choose him, fair play to him. Yeah. If he doesn't, then look, yeah. we'll be over the moon to get him. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, we certainly will be. There's no two ways do, do, about Do you guys that. think, because obviously you've just mentioned about Nunes, I've seen a little bit about that from the links of the papers. Um, do you not think signing him and Bellingham would be like signing two similar players in terms of they're both ball players? Do you not think we need one of each? We yeah. probably need one of each, don't we? Like yeah. one more combative, one yeah. more... Yeah. You, so you that'd be two interesting signs to get both of them in the summer, wouldn't it? As opposed yeah. to... A Caicedo and a Bellingham would yeah. kind of make more sense. Those two, if we got those two in the summer, that would point towards a change in formation for me personally. Oh, yeah. Nunes and Bellingham, like you two. mean? Yeah, right. because they've got the athleticism to do that work in there, to do both elements of it, box to box. That would, That's why I'd see it personally, because I tend to agree with you. The, Nunes is an alternative to Bellingham, yeah. in, I would my opinion. So, yeah. in my opinion. Because he's very similar, like you say, in terms of what they offer, in terms of that ball carrying, that wanting to run, to doing that hard work. And I, I think... 
I don't think you get Nunes if you sign Bellingham, personally. Yeah, I don't yeah. think you do. Um, but as for this January transfer window, ugh, listen, we might still need a stopgap. We might not get to the summer <laughs> without one just yet. Um, just quickly, um, v, WV Josh in our Discord has said that he feels that Jude and his team understand that no team in the Premier League is guaranteed to make the Champions League year yep. in, year yep. out. So the fit is more important. And he also mentions the changes that are coming for the Champions League will make it easier for the coefficients. I was yeah, going to say that. So you'd only have one year out, Max. Yeah. Well, yeah. And like I say, he has got age on his side. He's not a player now where he's looking going, God, I need to play Champions League because I've only got two years left. It's not, not, not the case. <laughs> um, yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, I think Jao Paulinho, I'm not entirely convinced by that personally. I don't see the fit. Maybe a Tottenham. He might fit in a little bit better there, <laughs> yeah. firstly. Um, Spot on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I want to move on to a different area of the field, actually, now. I've um, got a couple more Liverpool ones to do before we do a sort of a quick sweep of the league. Um, central defence. Um, it's a drum I've been banging for quite a while now, actually, to be honest with you. And I felt that something was coming in terms of this and we needed a defender. Whether it be this window, next window, I think we're all sort of going midfield and midfield. Then we sign Gakpo, so that's kind of addressing the attacking <laughs> issue. Um, but I think the central defence is a thing, personally, yeah. because Joe Gomez, loving to pieces, can't rely on him right now. To be honest with you. Nat Phillips is going to move on at some point. John Matip's got a contract situation going on, plus he's got an age and an injury problem going on, really, yeah. if you like. Virgil van Dijk is currently injured. So... With all that in mind, it's a lot, I know. And Ibu Kanate is brilliant. He wasn't brilliant on the weekend, but he is brilliant. Yeah. Um, Inter Milan may feel compelled to sit down with Liverpool to listen to their offers. That's according to Inter Live by Sport Witness, and that is regarding Milan Skriniar, who is, let me tell you, a 27-year-old Slovakian international, vastly experienced centre-half. <coughs> We've all seen him. He's 238 appearances for Inter. But the big thing here is he's out of contract in the summer. So, Saj, I'll come to you first on this yeah. one. First point, I'll ask you two quick death things. Do we need the centre half? And could it be him? Do we need one? Yes. Um it could have been him definitely. I've I really like him. I've seen him play for Inter on numerous occasions and he's a really, really good centre back. In terms of in terms of do we need him now? Look- one size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Virgil van Dijk's out. Let's face the music. We don't know what's... Joe Gomez is completely out of form. 
uh, from what I've seen anyway. You get one good game, three or four bad games. We can't rely on Matip. We've all the, the history. History is there for itself. It speaks for itself. Mm-hmm. So if we if he's available, he'll be there on the cheap if we yeah. can get him. Why not? He's 27 years of age. He comes in. He's vastly experienced, and it's probably somebody that we need right now. Somebody that comes in a bit more as a short centre back, being there, sort of done it, played in the Champions League, like Sam mentioned. It's somebody that if and if he's there, I would definitely take him. Yeah, he's been a wanted man. Loads of big clubs in the Premier League and beyond have been linked with him for a long time because um, he's a high quality operator. There's no two ways about it. Um, the Virgil Van Dijk injury might have sort of changed this up because. Previously, the profile defender I was looking at was someone younger who can kind of, a Canate type, who yeah, can learn yeah. a little bit and they'll sort of slowly get integrated as Massive plays less and less and Virgil potentially plays less yeah. and less. But what Skriniar is, Sam, is a plug and play. There's a Champions League quality centre half. Go and do something with him. Do you think we're in the market for one of them at all? I, if you had my old, my preference before the Gakpo sign, it would have probably been midfield and midfield or forward defender in like okay. whatever order. It looks like by the end of the summer, we're going to have probably a couple of new midfielders in. Mm-hmm. Um, so the next protocol will be defence. So I always thought in my sort of looking at the team and the squad, Matip's contract's up in 24, we'll probably sign someone then. Virgil play until he can. Canate mm. and Gomez are young, and Gomez is homegrown, which is massive. Yeah. Um, so I think when you when you weigh it all up and stuff yeah. like that, I think it's probably just a an option come too soon. Though I don't know if you're going to talk about him, but there's the Croatian lad, Gradiel. Uh, Gradiel. He's yeah. and <laughs> you see his comments the other day. Oh, he he's, loves Liverpool. He's class. He's more of a Liverpool fan yeah. than we are. Yeah. I think. <laughs> he's <laughs> class. Adores, like I don't know. I don't know his contract situation. I don't know where, where's he even. He, he Leipzig. He won't be leaving this summer. Leipzig have said that. Like recently, but to your that point, kind of that works. could make sense. Yeah. Yeah, if, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we've got relationships with them with the Cater, yeah. with the Canate, and hopefully Cater goes back there. <laughs> <laughs> Anywhere. <laughs> yeah. But like, um, yeah, so so when you look at it from that perspective, like I am still on the, um, I'd rather bring somebody in who's going to challenge for the first team now and forever, like the mm-hmm. club tends to do. The, yeah. the, but, you know, again, I think he's a good player. If Liverpool went and got him in the summer for free, you wouldn't moan, let's put it yeah, that way. Yeah, You'd be like, sand stocked up there, yeah, belter. Yeah. Do you know what that would be reminiscent of? It'd be reminiscent of signing Joel Matip yeah. for free when we got him, yeah. you know what I mean? That would be a, the ideal sort of replacement. Well, is he 27 now or is he, is he going to be 28? No, he's 27. I mean, oh, like, sorry, I see. Yeah, do you know I'll what I mean? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if you give him a free four-year deal, he'd only be 31 when yeah, he finishes, yeah. do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, and just reminded me as well, what he has got is, an ex- he's going to be 28 quite soon, he's 28 in February. Okay. What he has got, though, is a really good injury record. He's got a boss injury record. Like He's picked up like one or two problems. I think one of them was COVID at some yeah. point, which mm. every man and his dog got, didn't they, at one point? Yeah. So, and one of his injury problems was COVID, followed by quarantine. So his injury record is superb. Yeah, superb so yeah. you haven't got concerns. Like Normally, when you see the age, you go, mm, sort of stay clear because you don't know what baggage that comes with. Yeah. But, you know, so far, screening doesn't have a lot so it's an interesting one there'll be, be a lot different around him loads especially if he's free yeah. Yeah. United teams like yeah. Chelsea yeah, yeah. imagine I, loads I'm not convinced Liverpool will sort of push the button on even a cheap deal in January on him because I'm not sure he's need. if this was the year we lost all our centre-halves and he yeah. was out of contact in the summer you'd be going yeah. get it done 20 million 50, whatever press it go but we're not there yet I don't yeah. think in terms of centre-half listen I, I'm not going to say it if we lost another one it'd be really bad Um yeah, I'm not sure this happens now, but like I say, for free, I think it's a no-brainer. Um, coming back to my usual comparison website, here's yeah. 
that comparison wordplay sounds like they compare the market. It's not <laughs> FBF. Um, his similar players, interestingly, are Walt Face from Leicester. Now, we know he's got an eye for gold, <laughs> don't we? We know, that. <laughs> we know he can find the back of the net for the red. So maybe Scale bit, as well, by any chance. Presnel Kimpembe at PSG and for Kyoto Mori, obviously we know well from his Chelsea days, yeah. who's now at Inter Milan. So for me, when I hear screening art, it's a bit of a no-nonsense, sort of old-school yeah. centre-half, get rid of stuff, um, like a top-class Nat Phillips type player. Yeah, um, yeah I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll rate him again later. It's an interesting one. Like I say, I'm not convinced we'll go for a defender. If, Having signed Gakpo, if we then went and spent money on a defender, not a midfielder <laughs> oh. in this window, I, I don't even want to look It'd be at stubbornness then, wouldn't it? I don't even want to yeah. look. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be crazy. It would be crazy. Right then, next up, it's my personal favourite show of the week. And I don't just say that because I'm on it, but that does help, I must admit. It's Jerno Inside Time. Yeah, each and every week, Goal.com's Neil Jones, a man who knows what he's talking about, plentiful. He got absolutely clued up to the nines. Yet Neil and I spoke about Liverpool's midfield issues. What's going on? Why are they not signing someone? Are they going to sign someone? A couple of names mentioned as well. So yeah, do check out this week's Jerno Insight. The longer it goes on the season, the more I just think, well, why wouldn't you really, you know? It might not be the difference between sixth and fourth, but it'll definitely give you a better chance. Yeah, absolutely. Go and check out Neil's piece, by the way, over there. Go and check his Twitter account at Neil Jones Goal, and you'll be able to find it over there. Um, moving on then, this, the, the next one is Coop Miners. It's Tian. 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 Okay, yeah, I struggled with the first name, which is mad because it's four letters. But um, <laughs> anyway, um, the, the, the second one I've kind of half got, but... Uh, yeah, so uh, the guys from this Anfield are reporting this from elsewhere, but it, it's essentially Liverpool holding interest in uh, Cute Miners, the Italian club sporting director, insists there's nothing concrete. Yeah, I'll just scroll down a little bit there. He says, um, for Cute Miners, there's nothing concrete with Liverpool. Their interest pleases us, but he is our player. He said he told, that's Tony D'Amico, he told Sky Italia head of their clash with Bologna on Monday night. So, they, 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 the, the, the talk about that is obviously there, there might be something in it, or he's suggesting there might be something in it again. Um, but, the welcome, the interest one is, is another one where it's like, well, if you want him, he's there and you're going to have to pay for him yeah. a little bit as well because uh, I'm guessing Atalanta aren't one of those teams who are just going to stand and play his way. But again, it's another one that on the on the surface, it, it could make sense. There's, there's, there's a lot going for him. I know we got a, I'm going to incorporate a, a, a club legend question from R. Kumar who says, how much truth is in this rumour? But have you, is there anything that you've heard? Yeah, I think, I think he's a name on a list. So I, I think it's definitely, you know, I think if you look, Probably a more general point, and there's a few players that, that have been linked with Liverpool. Well, a lot of players have been linked with Liverpool. Who it would it would represent a move away from where they've been, and you know, I, I think, I think, you know, you're looking at if you're looking at 18, 19 year old sort of unknown midfielders, that would be a that would be a, a leap for Liverpool to start doing that for, for good money. Um, but if you look at what the players they've bought, you know, for the first team over the last five years. Jota, Canate, uh, Fabinho, Keita, Mane, Salah, uh, Diaz, Nunes, Gakpo. They've all been sort of 21 to 25, 150, 200 games, usually European experience, usually international experience or some kind of, you know, that kind of thing, usually from a club below. Liverpool's standing, you know, maybe a, a Europa League club or a, an occasional Champions League club, um, and they've all had a sort of a, a a profile where you'd say, yeah, they've got physicality as well as talent. So, turn coat miners, 
Yeah, I'd say he probably fits that bill. I mean, he actually scored in the game on Monday night. I don't know if you saw it. It was a, a pretty... I think everyone saw it. Yeah, Thomas Hitzelsberger yeah, sort of yeah. hammer from outside the box. Um, so in that sense, he fits the bill. You know, I, I'm, you've got his stats up there. How many games he played in his career? Yeah, 230. There you go. So that's a lot of, you know, he's 24, I think he is. So you've got yeah. a lot of data there to sort of say, well, yeah, okay. I, I, you know, his availability would be, I would imagine would be probably top of the list in terms of, for any potential new signer, right, what's he like? Is he available? Does he play a lot of games? So he does tick boxes. Atalanta players, a very high-intensity system. Liverpool played against Atalanta, obviously seen them. They've, they've done wonders in, in Italy over the last few years with Gasparini and, and some of the players that have come out of there and, and emerged as you know real top players, played in the Champions League, um, got through to the, the last eight, I think, of the Champions League um, in, the, in the pandemic season. So... There's a lot of boxes there, but there's a lot of boxes for a lot of players as well. You know, we've we've spoke about Mateus Nunes, we've spoken about Conrad Lima, we could speak about Bellingham, obviously Enzo Fernandez um has been linked. I don't think that'll happen, but you've got Caicedo, we've got Alexis McAllister. You know, there's so many midfielders about that you'd say, Okay, yeah. And it's just whether Liverpool which one Liverpool picked the sort of the gamble on really. I, you know, Nunes seems like one that looks like there's a, a bit more in it than it, there is. Yeah, you can like give him one of the biggest bear hugs I've ever seen at the, a full time. The <laughs> That's other usually day. a telltale yeah, sign. Yeah, 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 I yeah, always yeah. remember Jürgen used to, I, I, I would be amazed if it doesn't emerge. Oh, this is a complete mm-hmm. aside. After Jürgen's left Liverpool and, and long long into the, that, he, he made big moves to get Harry Kane because every single time Liverpool played Tottenham, Harry Kane gets an absolute welcome Son off as well. He seems to be straight yeah, for Son. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But yeah, you're right. He, he, I, saw, I did notice that Jürgen sort of made a beeline for him. And yeah. So I would say that Coop Miners is maybe one that's on a list in case blah, blah, blah doesn't happen as opposed to Coop Miners. Coop Miners is the one. Yeah, 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 yeah. It makes sense. Like One thing he does do is mad because I know he plays in like a two-man midfield but he scores goals. Like, mm-hmm. like, Liverpool haven't really got a goal scorer in midfield at the moment if you look at all of them. Fabinho, Henderson, Thiago, even Harvey Elliott they don't really score that many goals. Like, Looking at Coop Miners, he scored 16 in, in 19-20, 17 in 2021. That was in Holland. He's got four last year. He's got five already this season. Like That is something that they are missing. I mean, like you say they're missing, they might not be because scoring yeah. goals isn't that, prob- that big of a problem, but it, it is a different. It is something that they haven't got really. Some, and he, and, I mean, I know Elliot's there, but he's, a, he's a, I think, six foot one. I think he, he's, a, he's a tall, left-footed midfielder, you know, so there's a bit of balance there. He's played a couple of different positions. I, I mean, I covered Holland in the World Cup in their, their games and he was in and out of the side I think he, he was on the pitch in the quarterfinal by the end um, against Argentina but he didn't I wouldn't say he, he sort of stood out I, th- I think as I've said a few times about Gakpo it was hard to stand out in a Holland team really you know you, you were doing a lot of the ugly work as opposed to the, the sort of shining on the ball but yeah you know he's in that he's in around that Dutch setup. Um <laughs> so he'll have a couple of Potential phone numbers that he can he can Ver- call again. Agent Virgil again. Get, get Agent, back to Cody, <laughs> Agent Cody. But um, that's a film, isn't it? Um, <laughs> but uh, so the, 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 there are strings you can pull at, but I wouldn't say that he's sort of from what I, what I, I can gather. I wouldn't say he's at the top of Liverpool's list, but yeah, he's certainly a player that if he's if he's doing what he's doing at Atalanta, he's doing what he's doing for Holland, then he's going to be in Liverpool's hitting zone. And it looks like and more of it looks like it's a player you can get out of the team as well because that's the thing with January yeah. it's easy like like you mentioned there Juventus well why would they sell Rabiot if they're in a title race it looked like Atalanta are a team who, again the, the the director pretty much says as much we welcome the interest like yeah. the, it's a team who you know you you'll be able to get a player out of 
Yeah, I mean, they look like they're going to fall out of the Champions League qualification as well. I think they're sixth or seventh yeah. in, in Serie A. Um, you know, they've, they've had a, a good run at it. I mean, don't rule them out, obviously, but it might be one of them that, you know, in the summer, it, it, is, a, it is a bit of a refresh or that kind of thing. But at the moment, I think it's a wait and see with Liverpool on, on players like that. Thanks very much to me and Neil for that one, yeah. And uh, do ciao, gentlemen. Like I say, it's my favourite job. I'm sure you'll enjoy it. If you do go on over to Redman Plus, it is one of our most popular shows and I'm sure you will like it too. Speaking of new and popular shows and people who know who they're talking about or what they're talking about, rather, The Deep Dive, our newest show, Chris Pajak and Josh Williams at Distance Covered. You've probably heard Josh on other podcasts such as analysing Anfield on the Blood Red podcast as well. But Josh has now agreed and signed up with us. Absolutely fantastic news. And yet the deep dive goes out every single Friday. We have a show on YouTube and we have a show over on Red Men Plus as well. So yeah, check out a clip from this week's show, which, like I said before, is available on Red Men Plus. Josh, your topic this week you wanted to discuss was Jude Bellingham. Now, in obviously it's transfer season. Um, everyone's talking about Liverpool's problems of which there are many, by the way. Uh, but midfield is at the top of everyone's sort of uh, Christmas list already. Uh, in fact, it's not even a Christmas list, it's just a January list. Um, and a lot of people are talking about multiple midfielders, a lot of people are talking about just Jude Bellingham, and uh, you wanted to talk about Jude Bellingham, so why do you want to talk about Jude? Well, I think Liverpool's midfield department right now is, is interesting because in addition to being really old, and tired and shattered okay. and all those negatives. Go easy, fucking hell. <laughs> you Jesus also... Christ, Josh. We just killed him in two minutes. We, might even... we just started the show. Um, you also have um, a gang of players leaving in uh, Naby Keita, James Milner and Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. So that's a proper renovation job that, that Liverpool are going to have to undergo. Uh, and as a result of that, I've seen some people say, like, maybe Liverpool need three midfielders who are worth like maybe 40 million each or so rather than dedicating the whole of the budget to one player in, in Jude Bellingham. Um, I'm not quite sure where I stand on that one. Um, what about yourself? You got any thoughts on that? I I think, right, that Fabinho's not fucked. <laughs> I, I do. I, I really do. I think he's being made to look like he's fucked. Okay. Because I don't think the other two are helping out enough. And I love watching Thiago Alcantara. He's been one of my favourite, actual favourite players to ever watch at Anfield or live because he's so skillful. He's so sort of oppressive sometimes against the other side and stuff. I just think he might not fit us or might not fit what I think a Jurgen Klopp side is. So I, I, I think that Liverpool need two midfielders personally. And Thiago, I don't think, has got the legs to play. 35, 40, 50 games a season. So you rotate him in for specific games and stuff. That's probably where I'm at at the moment. But I'm, I'm here to be proved wrong. No, well, I think Liverpool need at least two as well. But I think rather than spending an equal amount on each player, um, today I'm going to provide a case as to why Bellingham, if you are going to do it, which I'm not necessarily sure is the best ploy, but if you're going to do it, he's as close to you getting as like a, a one-man midfield department, basically. He can essentially do it all. Now, um, anyone... Are we thinking Kante? Is like, um... He was a one-man midfield, but in a different way. <laughs> yeah, well, I think Bellingham's more rounded yeah. than Kante. Um, but I know what you're saying, though, yeah. Um, and I think if you if you watch Bellingham, it's it's quite obvious to anyone through just the eye test that he's really, really good. You know, yeah. you don't need numbers, really. But I think by applying numbers and by quantifying what he does and comparing it to, like, his peers, 
you can get a, a vibe of like just how much he is doing on the pitch compared to the average player and why him alone in Liverpool's midfield department this season would have probably addressed a lot of the issues. Um, so first of all, we talk about Liverpool's midfield as the issue, but I think beyond that, what specifically in the midfield department is the issue? And for me, it's Liverpool against the ball and mm -hmm. on the defensive Agreed. side of the game. It's not so much what we do with the ball, it's more defensively. Too wide open, easy to cut through, um, not dominant enough. The safety net that we've had in previous years to support the risks that Trent and Salah are taking is no longer there, really. So I think first, we'll touch on Bellingham in a defensive sense. You know, Klopp recently in that Wolves game touched on Liverpool not winning enough challenges, for example. That's not good enough. That's not only a Jürgen Klopp midfield by any means. So we'll touch on defensive stats first. Um, obviously, defensive statistics can be a bit. Um, you've got to be careful with them, basically. You know, Virgil van Dijk, for example, did not show up as a defensive monster in the numbers because his way of defending is just by using presence a lot of the time, isn't it? Um, the lad at Burnley who's got a billion headers a game shows up really high. <laughs> exactly. You know, yeah. Same with goalkeepers, the ones with loads of saves. You might think they're the best, but actually, they've had the most shots. Exactly. Allison might make more integral saves, but he's not going to show up. Yeah, exactly. So often there's context lacking around defensive numbers, but luckily for those in Bellingham's case, he just looks good anyway. Um, so in the Bundesliga this season, he is currently second in the whole division for tackles and interceptions total. Uh, I should be using pay 90 stats really, but I thought if I don't, it keeps things simple and it offers an insight maybe into his availability anyway. Mm -hmm. So he's he's in the top uh, top two there for tackles and interceptions overall in the Bundesliga. Um, and he's third overall for recoveries, behind only Joshua Kimmich and Edmund Sapsober, who's actually a centre-half for Leverkusen. Now, a recovery for a bit of perspective is, um, say for example, the ball drops out the sky and it's just kind of like loose on the edge of the final third and no one's kind of around it. That loose ball, if you pick it up, that's a recovery. Bellingham's doing a lot of that. Um, and for our viewers who are, who are tuning in on YouTube, a visualisation will appear on the screen now just to show where Bellingham ranks in comparison to some of his midfield peers in the Bundesliga. Um, as you can see, he's right near the top, ranking as like an outlier um, when it comes to those numbers that I've just touched on. And this is on a pay 90 basis, by the way. And I've included some names that you might be familiar with there in okay, terms so of Liverpool targets. Just in, in terms of the, the audio listeners then, Josh, what are you plotting here on this graph? So on the left-hand side, we've got recoveries and on the bottom axis we've got tackles and interceptions per 90. This is just players in the Bundesliga, midfielders who've played at least 450 minutes this season and it's a scatter plot. And as you can see, Bellingham is proving himself to be a bit of an outlier in, in comparison to another few. Um, Florian Neuhaus, who Liverpool linked with a while back, is not. Um, Manu Kone is another player who Liverpool seem to like according to reports. He's doing well, but not to the extent that Bellingham is. Mm -hmm. um, and I think across the board, in the rest of his defensive numbers, it's similar. For example, another area that Liverpool have been lacking this season has been the counter-press, yeah. pressing the final third. He ranks top of the division for most tackles in the final third. So you could argue with him in the team, maybe the press gets fixed a little bit. And um, he's also seventh in the division for the percentage of dribbles that he's tackled. So out of the 25 lads who've tried to dribble past him, he's tackled 20 of them. Mm -hmm. So overall, just in terms of 
the defensive side of the game, you can see Bellingham's made a difference there in terms of Borussia Dortmund, at least in the Bundesliga. And mm-hmm. you was quite surprised by his defensive numbers, weren't you? Yeah, de- <coughs> excuse me, definitely. To be honest with you, because um, when I've watched Bellingham for England, and I've only I, I can't tell you that I've not watched more than five games of him for Dortmund, and yeah, probably not more than five games of him for Dortmund. I get the impression that he's this sort of silky <laughs> footballer in the same way that Alan Hansen was a silky footballer back in the day for a centre-half that just sort of floats around the pitch, picking nice passes off and all this type of stuff. But the numbers suggest that he's just so much more than that. And yet, he's got all the silkiness. He's got the eye for a pass. Yeah. And yet, he's got this defensive thing. And he doesn't... It's mad, isn't it? Because you get eyeball tests on players. He doesn't look like a defensive player. No. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, does that make any sense yeah, whatsoever? Yeah, yeah. Mascarano looked like a fucking DM. <laughs> he looked like a little terrier, didn't he? Yeah. Jude Bellingham looks like he's just going to float in and ping the ball in from 35 yards and score and wheel away celebrating. And that's the type of player that I thought he kind of was. Yeah. Well, he gets compared. Well, he doesn't get compared, but if, if, if it's like he's kind of put in the box of like a Gerrard or a Lampard, really, in terms of like arriving late and scoring goals and things like that. And he's got that to his game. But what the reason why I touched on that first is because he, he's surprisingly suitable to Liverpool's problems at the minute when it comes to shoring up that defensive side of the game. Um, so in addition to his defending, what he's doing against the ball, I think second on the list for what Liverpool's midfielders suffer from this season would probably be physicality, really, wouldn't it? Mm. In terms of like the, the physical edge, a clock team, intense covering ground and all that stuff. Now... I get asked all the time, how much distance does this player cover? Yeah. You can probably guess why I get asked that, because me distance, distance covered, covered on, on Twitter, yeah. yeah. I, I've never got the answer, because physical statistics are not publicly available. You might get the odd sky graphic now and again. Yeah, yeah. But physical statistics in the Premier League, at least, just you just don't come across them. You can't get them. For some reason, in the Bundesliga, you can. So we can touch on Bellingham in that sense. So he's sixth in the league overall so far for distance covered. He's 11th for sprints and he's fourth for intensive runs, which yeah. I'm assuming is something between a jog and a sprint. Um, so on top, of his def- on top of fixing Liverpool's defensive concerns in a way, he's also kind of like fixing Liverpool's physical edge because he's one of the, the most industrious players in Germany, really. Um, and then we kind of get to the attacking side of the game because when, when it comes to Bellingham um, you know say for example you've got a defensive player who's, who's fixing this for Liverpool a lot of the time they don't have the attacking side of the game either mm-hmm. so say for example Van Bissaka at Man United he fixed defensive issues for them but then when you've got the ball he's a massive problem because you can't break down the team with him um, Bellingham is one of the reasons he's special is because he couples in all that physical stuff all the defensive stuff with the real ability on the ball. Awesome insight there from Josh and from Chris as ever. Really, really loving our new show. I'm sure you guys will too. If you do like want to check that one out, like I mentioned earlier, head on over to redmenplus.com. All of our shows are pretty much available in video and podcast forms for you. If you are a podcast listener who only is interested in podcasts and you only like listening on Spotify, absolutely fair enough, Spotify is a great app. You can sign up through there as well. Just search for Redmen Plus Podcasts on there. You can sign up, you can pay them directly 
directly listen you won't get access to the videos and stuff but if you are such an adamant spotify user then fair play go and get yourselves involved that way as well so yeah there's redmenplus.com or there's redmenplus podcast on spotify either way we've got you covered i'll be back next week with another one of these until then everyone see you later if you want more an extra red men podcast each and every week but you're unsure what the best platform for it well the best platform is of course redmenplus.com but if you are absolutely married to spotify if you cannot live without spotify in your life you can get the red men plus podcast there now simply search for us on there sign up through there and you'll be able to access all of the new weekly podcasts from red men plus directly in your spotify app